a uh, the Christmas season, and um, so as uh, as we do that, I was I was reading the Christmas story the other day, and um, some stuff just stood out to me. And we're gonna kind of take a couple different paths here in the next few weeks. Um, so if you go, if you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter two or chapter one, we're gonna start there. Um, but before we do, I did mention this, uh, but I, I do want to encourage you in a couple of things. First of all, set it, just go ahead and set the precedence now that this does not have to be a stressful season. Just, just prepare yourself that it doesn't have to be. Um, I, I, I love people, but I'm not big on crowds as far as like just psycho people, you know? But this year, for the first time, um, Curtis and Allie, they're crazy, and they always do this Black Friday shopping thing. And they asked Patty, and so Patty was like, oh, we would love to. And so after Thanksgiving, uh, we got home about 3.30, and at 4.15, we're in the car with Curtis and Allie heading to Psycholand. And, but you know what, honestly... Um, I set, uh, I set up this thing in me that said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get all worked up over this. Like I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to choose to enjoy myself. Like typically I'm not a shopper. That's why some of y'all see the same jacket and the same jeans every week because like that's, he's only got two pairs and he just doesn't want to shop for more. So he just keeps wearing them. Chances are next week or the week after you'll see this same outfit. But so I decide I'm going to go and I'm not going to stress over it. And I'm telling you, we had a blast. And there was people everywhere. And they, I mean, it was, lines were crazy, especially in some of the stores. Uh, there was one line that we just thought, okay, if we stay in this line, we're not leaving here till Tuesday. So <laughs> there's no way. But you know what? We did. We had a great time of not only just fun with Curtis and Allie, but just shopping. And, you know, now I can tell you, if you go, be careful because we're going to be eating macaroni and cheese for the next three weeks because we spent money. And, um, and I was like, so that's why we came. But I, I'm telling you, when I, made up, when I made up my mind that I'm not going to get stressed over this, I didn't. I really didn't. Now, that doesn't mean I'm signing up every year. But that just means like, you know what? It was actually fun. We had a good time. It wasn't as crazy as I thought it was going to be. And I think sometimes our mindset, we have to have a mindset that, that allows us to plan our own selves and say, look, I'm not going to allow everything to stress me out. You know, I have the Prince of Peace inside of me, and, and I don't have to worry about stressing over all this. So, um, so I'm encouraging you in this holiday season not to allow all that to happen. Just set the tone. You know what? This is going to be a season that we celebrate Jesus. And there's going to be all kinds of stuff that happens as we do that, but, but we're not going to get stressed over us. Can we set that tone already? Right? All right. Everybody good? All right. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. We're going to start reading in verse 26. I titled this Lessons from Mary because I'm looking and I'm thinking there's some things that happen with Mary that we're going to talk about that happens in our life and some things that help us understand how, God, how faithful God is and how amazing God is. So let's look at the story um, Starting in verse 26, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, 
a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. <clears throat> Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried, her, hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed what the Lord would do, that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So we think about this story, and, and I was, when I was reading through this part of it, and we're going to talk about different perspectives, but when I was reading through this part of it, I was amazed. Like, think about, put yourself in Mary's shoes. And just going through, now she's probably, a, she's a teenager probably, young, you know, she could be 15, 16, it's not real clear, but, but very young and engaged. And so she's just in her normal, everyday life. And all of a sudden, her whole life changes. And every, everything changes, not just her life. Everything changed when Gabriel showed up. So let's look at a few things. First, I, you know, in verse 26 where it talks about the angel appeared, here's something I want you to know. God knows where you are. God knows exactly right now where you are. He knows everything about you. He knows, he knows every detail of your life. And God appeared to Mary in her everyday life. It wasn't somehow Mary was just striving to somehow hear from God about something. Listen, God showed up. Can I just tell you the fact that we have eternal life is because God came to us, not because we got to God. He sent Jesus to us. There was a song, that it was an old song, uh, Lord, I lift your name on high, whatever. If you, I don't know if you, some of you know that song, but it says, you came from heaven to earth to show the way. In other words, it wasn't like we were down here trying to figure out how can we just somehow connect with God. God said, listen, I'll, I'll come your way. And he sent Jesus. And that's the part of this story that I thought, even Mary, just going through her everyday, her everyday life, God had a plan for her, had purpose for her, and he came to her. And God, will, God knows everything about you, and he will come to you, and he will, he will, he will meet you where you are. He will. He's got, he, he, he knows you. If you've ever felt like, does God, is God even aware of what I'm feeling? Listen, he knows you. Jeremiah 1.5 says that God knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. He knew you. 
knew you and you were set apart and appointed. That's talking about Jeremiah. He was set, appoint, he was set apart and appointed. And you know, it's the same for you and it's the same for me. God knows us. He set us apart. He has plans for us. John 10, verse 14. I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus talking. He says this. I know my own sheep. I know them. You're known by God. You know, and when Chelsea, when you were saying today about just wanting to be known and to be loved, listen, God knows you. He knows everything about you. And he is completely in love with you. He has such great plans for you, such great things. And he showed up to Mary. And then here's, here's, here's another thing that happened. God speaks. This is the part that, I, that really is simple. But I'm telling you, God speaks to you. He really does. In this season, you need to be ready and understand that God speaks to you. If I was to say, how many have ever heard God's voice? You know, sometimes people are nervous to raise their hand because they're thinking audible. I've never heard the audible voice of God. I've never heard, Scott. I, I was never woken up by that voice. I, I haven't. But I'm telling you, I've heard God. God has spoken to me many times about things. And for things for me and for things and even through me to help someone else. God has spoken to me about something he wanted me to do to help someone else. And he still does that. He still does that. God speaks. And, and the Bible says, I have this scripture here, Jeremiah 29, 11, says this, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. So here's the deal. He knows plans. They're good. They're not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. For you to walk out those plans, you have to know. He'll speak to you to tell you, this is the way I want you to go. Go this way. He'll direct you through the Holy Spirit, through the Word. The Bible is a way that he speaks to us. The Bible is very clear. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. The Bible is how he speaks to us. He speaks to us through the Spirit of God inside of us. You ever been somewhere and you just had this sense that there was something that you needed to say or do to encourage someone? And I'm telling you, he speaks to you. Sometimes you'd be surprised. I believe that there's times we, we've been led by the Spirit and didn't even know it. We just thought that, oh, wow, that worked out. And I'm telling you, some of you are, oh, well, that just happened to work out was actually more spirit-led than you think. And I think we need to be aware that God loves us so much that there's times he leads us and we don't even realize we're being led. That he, he does care and he does speak to us. You know, John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. In other words, he's saying my sheep listen to my voice. In other words, they hear it. They hear it. And in this story with Mary... It says that Gabriel appeared to her, and here's what, Gabriel, here's what the angel said. Greetings. Greetings. In other words, listen, when you talk to someone, greet them. You could ask any of the staff guys, if you get an email from them, it should have three parts. Because I've, I've over-communicated that to our team. There's a greeting. Hey, hope you're doing well. Then we talk about whatever we need to talk about, and then we have a wrap-up. Have a great day. It's not just like, hey, I need that stuff, send. We don't do that. We greet. Why? Because that's how the angels did it. So we want to do it that way, right? Actually, I just saw that. I've never put that together before. But, but it sounded good, didn't it? But here's the thing. He, he has this greeting to, to Mary, and then he says, greetings, favored woman. Now imagine hearing that. Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. 
And then it says Mary's response to that was confused and disturbed. In other words, hearing greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you brought confusion. And, and it was even dis- disturbing is one way that they, they, they word it. And it was like, could you imagine hearing God say that? And how many of you have ever in your life felt like you're not favored? And you feel like you're not good enough. And that God's not happy with you. And see, that's not, that's not how God wants you to feel. Because all of you are favored. You are. Because you are, because you're, you are sons and daughters of, of the only true God. The creator of this world calls you son or calls you daughter. You have favor, not favor in the sense of you're better than anyone else, but favor that you get to walk in things that people can't walk in without Jesus. You get to experience life forever, eternity, because of Jesus. You are seen by God as the righteousness of Jesus. When God sees you, he doesn't see, he doesn't see me as Scott who isn't perfect and Scott who struggles and Scott who gets frustrated and, you know, whatever. He doesn't see that. He sees Jesus in me because I've given my life to him. So I can stand before God righteous because of Jesus. Not in my own, but because of Jesus, I can stand before him righteous. And I'm just telling you, you have favor. You have favor with God. And, and you need to know that the Lord is with you always. He always will be. He always has been. Always. He's with you. So those moments when you battle feeling lonely, you just got to remind yourself, there's no way I'm lonely. Because God already promised that he would never leave me. So although I may not see him or feel that he's here right now, by faith I know he is. Therefore, I can walk in strength, and I can walk in confidence that God is with me. So when, Mo, when Mary heard this, and she was confused, like, okay, favored? Like me? Young teenage girl? And then here's what she does. It says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. And the angel helped her understand. The angel could tell, okay, she's... She's nervous. So it says, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. In other words, Mary, like, I'm for real. You're favored. And, and God, through the angel, reminded her and encouraged her again to say, no, it's, it really is true. So when there's times that you don't feel that God has favor on you and blessing on you and that he's with you, and you have that moment of, you know what, I... I don't understand. Then listen, he'll he'll because he's so loving, he's like, no, seriously. You have favor. You found favor with the Lord. And then he says this: you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He'll be very great, will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel for forever, and his kingdom will never end. So you think Mary's confused about just favor? Now saying, you're gonna have a baby supernaturally, you're going to have a baby, and it's going to be Jesus, and he's going to be the, the, the one whose kingdom will never end. 
He's going to reign over all of Israel. That's going to be your child. Okay, I could, I, could, I, could, I could probably encourage someone if they came to me. If Mary would have come to me and said, hey, here's what, here's what happened. Last night, this angel appeared to me and said that I was favored and the Lord was with me. But I was struggling with that a little bit. I'm like, oh, no, listen, Mary, you really are favored. He also said, I'm going to have a baby without being with anyone. It's going to be from the Holy Spirit. I'd be like, you know, Mary, um, did you have pizza last night before you? Like, because that's even something that's even sometimes uh, for Mary, I, I imagine that would be more difficult than just the whole process of the sense of feeling favored. Is now like, what, what are you talking about? So you know what Mary does? She just asks a question. She says, okay, if what you're saying is true. Now you have to think, Mary is an angel did appear to her. So it's already different. And she says, she says uh, to the angel, she said, well, how will it be? How will that be? Because I'm a virgin. How can I even have a baby? So the angel replies, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So because of that, because it's, obviously that's different. The baby, will be bo- the baby that's going to be born will be holy. So he will be called the son of God, and what's more, your relative, then he talks about Elizabeth. But So this angel says, no, it's, it's going to be supernatural. Through the Holy Spirit, just going to be there. And that's how it's going to happen. So you know what I, I realize is there's so many times in my life and in yours, if you're honest, where the Lord says something to you or the word says something, and you don't understand it. And you don't know how to apply it. And you don't know what it's going to look like. Or you have an excuse of why you don't think that will happen. You know, God, he'll provide for you. Yeah, but, you know, but I don't have this and I don't have this. We have all these excuses. And if we just go to God and ask, Lord, help me. Help me understand. Then you know what? He answers us. And Moses, I mean, and Mary was confused and she was puzzled. And she was afraid, and the angel says, listen, don't be afraid. You really have found favor. And this is really going to happen. It's going to be supernatural. And it has nothing to do with anything that you have to do. It's something that the Holy Spirit is going to do. And you are going to give birth to the Son of God. That's pretty amazing. So she she was strong enough that she didn't just run from it. She asked, God, how? How? Have you ever had questions of how? Have you ever felt condemned because you didn't understand? You think, well, I should just get it. There's been times the Lord is, you know, this. I mean, I asked the Lord when we planted the church. And he told me, listen, I don't want you to invite people. I went, well, how? How are they going to show up if they don't even know we're planting, that we're having a church? But you can, and you can, you can go to God and you can say, Lord, I'll do whatever you want, but I don't understand. And you go to God, because the Bible tells us, Matthew 7, 7 says, keep on asking and you'll receive. Keep on seeking, you'll find. Keep on knocking, the door will be open to you. James 1, 5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. If you don't understand something, you need direction on something, what do you do? Ask. If you're lost, you can keep driving around. Well, I mean, now we have GPS. if If you get lost then... There's other issues, you know, um, your GPS isn't working, Siri's messed up, or your phone's dead or whatever. But even if it's in somewhere, if you're lost or puzzled, 
Ask. Get help. If you're at a store and you're looking for something, and this happened. This happened at our shopping thing. You know, you get there on this Black Friday, all these deals, and, and there was like, oh, man. Because Curtis and Allie are like pros at it. You know, they, they I mean, they're on the, they have all these apps, and, you know, I can tell that I'm older than them because I'm like, um, I'm trying to call someone to get some help, you know, and they're just like, oh, it's right here, aisle seven, row six. You know, I mean, they know everything. But you go there, and it's not there. So instead of just leaving, Curtis would say, hey, I'm just asking because there's none here. Do you have any in the back? And, and, and there was one time where something they were looking for, I forget what it was, but they came out, and they said, yeah, we have another one. And he got what he was looking for because he asked. And sometimes it's, it's okay for you to ask. It's okay. He's, God is your heavenly father, and he loves you. And if my kids need something, if my kids are confused about something, or they have a question about something, I want them to feel free to ask me. Because if I know the answer, I'll help them. And God knows the answer. So we can ask. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. So if we're, if we're going to go to God, instead of being anxious, let's just go ask God. Hey, this is what I need. I don't understand. Or I don't, I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know what to do here. And when Mary got this, this encounter with, with an angel, and all this stuff that is being said is, is beyond her. Instead of giving up on it, instead of thinking, no, she just asked because she, she didn't understand. She was puzzled. She was confused. And I think there's Christians that live in confusion for a long time because they're just afraid to just ask. God, what does this mean? Listen, we're, we're, let me just tell you one area, and I won't get into all of it here, but I am preparing some things for the, this next year that we're going to talk about. But can I just tell you one area of confusion, and this is not Christmassy, so this is kind of off track for a second, but there is such a confusion about the work of the Holy Spirit that people avoid it because you're so afraid that when, you know, the Holy Spirit, oh, but that, that people get crazy. Listen, the Holy Spirit's not crazy. People are crazy. And when people say, oh, this is the Holy Spirit, and they do something crazy, that's, that's the person. And you can't, you can't take someone who's I'm not saying that I'm not calling them and identifying them as crazy, but you can't take someone who has this crazy experience and people get involved and emotions get involved and then throw out everything to do with the Holy Spirit because you had a bad experience or you saw something. The bottom line is, I'm telling you, you can't live without the Holy Spirit. You have to have the Holy Spirit in your life. The fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, it's all necessary for you and for me. And, and so that's part two. When you have confusion of that, go to God and say, Lord, help me understand the role of the Holy Spirit in my life. Help me understand so I can stay open to anything that you want. Anything of you, I want it. And to be open to that. So that's an area that even with that we can get confused about, but we need to go to God and ask. That's what Mary did in this, in this place where it was she didn't understand how all this stuff was going to happen, but she asked. And the angel told her, what's more about, what's more is your relative Elizabeth become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has received a son and is now in her sixth month. And then says this, for nothing is impossible with God. So even when we ask questions, we got to know that when we don't understand, there comes a point where we say, okay, okay. Here's what Mary's response was when the angel said, Nothing is possible with God. Mary responded 
and said, I am the Lord's servant, so may everything you have said about me come true. Mary got to the point where, one, she was puzzled. She started with being puzzled and confused, just as she would be called favored. She was puzzled and confused by that. Before there was any of the story of Jesus coming, she was already struggling, just, just the fact that she had favor on her life. She didn't believe that. She had a hard time acknowledging that. And then she got to where all of a sudden the angel lays out the plan, and now she's confused, like, how's it going to happen? This, I don't see how that could happen. I'm a virgin. There's no way I can have a baby. So the angel says, this is how it's going to happen. It's going to be supernatural. It's going to be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how it's going to happen. And, and she gets to this point now where she says, you know what? I, I'm the Lord's servant. So whatever he says, let it be. Let it just be. Whatever he says, let it be. And if we can get to that point, that point is a place of faith and a place of trust. Mary, I, I, listen, I'm just... I'm telling you, Mary still had, there were still parts of Mary that was like, wow, like this is, this is crazy. Because you have to think about what probably was going through Mary's mind. How am I going to explain this to my mom and dad? What's everybody going to think when they see pregnant Mary walking around? And I'm not married. What are people going to see? What are they going to be associated? What are they going to think? See, it, it, could, it could bring a lot of confusion to other people. It could, it, could get her, it could cause her to be isolated from people and pushed aside and devalued in what people would think about her because they may not fall for that story of an angel appeared. But you know what she did? She got past all that, and she said, you know what, God, whatever you say, I trust you. And there is a point in our life as believers that we can learn from Mary. That when you don't understand, and it's bigger than you, and it's a supernatural thing, if God says it, just say, okay, whatever you say, let it be. I'm in. Whatever it is. To just trust. And that's hard to do sometimes. It's hard to walk by faith. But the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. And this is why I think sometimes we struggle walking by faith is because we don't take the step until we can somehow get as much information. We want to take as much faith out of it as possible. So when the Lord says, hey, this is what I want you to do. Okay, all right, but what about this? What about this? And we need other people to help us. And, it, well, as long as if I just had this going, if, if I could just knew what part of this would look like, as long as I know people are still going to. And we're trying to somehow get more comfortable with what we see and we got to remember that the Bible says we don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith. And faith has to take a step even when you don't see anything. Faith says I choose to believe because you say so. And I choose to trust you because you say so. And the Bible says in Hebrews that it's impossible to please God without it. So if you want to be a person who pleases God, you are going to have to walk by faith. You're going to have to step, it up, step up in a place of your life and say, God, I'm just going to surrender to you and say, whatever you say, let it be. I'm just going to surrender it. And, and Mary got to that point. And, and she got to that point, one, because the angel encouraged her, but she, the angel encouraged her because she asked questions. She was confused, and she said, I don't understand. 
help me. He said, this is how it's going to happen. Listen, nothing's impossible with God. Basically he's saying, you can trust him. He can do anything. Okay. All right. I'm your servant. So whatever you say. And that's, 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 how, the, that's how the journey got started. So then it says, after she said that, the, the angel left her. But she, she did have to stay in this place of peace. Look at um, Proverbs chapter 3, very familiar passage. Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All of it. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. He'll, he'll show you the path to take. Part of trusting God is with everything you got. That's why she said, whatever you say, let it be. With, I'm trusting you with everything. With all my heart. Lean not on your own understanding. When you think about what it means to lean, if you're, if you're tired and you've been just going nonstop, you know, sometimes if you could just lean on something because you've been walking, you've been doing whatever, or you've just been working, you, whatever it is. When you lean on something, you're putting your weight on it. You're, you're, you're resting because you're putting all of your weight on something else. And you know what it means to lean on your own understanding? It means you're putting all your hope and all your weight in what you understand. And you can tell from the scripture, Mary didn't understand how everything was going to happen. And the angel told her, and I'm sure there was still a place of, I'm not sure what all that's going to look like, but I'm in. Whatever you say. And this place of trust for us is saying, Lord, I'll trust in you. And I'm not going to lean on, I don't, I don't have to have it all figured out in myself. I'm not going to put all my weight in me having to understand all of this. I'm just going to trust you. And I'm just going to continue to acknowledge you, and you'll work it all out. And that's, that's what happened. But it started, it started with Mary saying, okay, God, I'm in. And so she, she trusted. Joshua 1.9 says this, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we have to be reminded, wherever we go, whatever we do, we're not alone. We're not alone. God is with us. God is with us. <clears throat> now here's, here's, here's what happens next. A few days later, starting in verse 39, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a gl glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above women, and your child is blessed. Why should I be so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You're blessed because you believed what the Lord said. So here's, here's this place for Mary. And I, and I honestly believe that there was something that was significant about Mary visiting Elizabeth. And I think there were several things. But I think one thing is Elizabeth experienced a miracle in childbirth. It's different than Mary's, but it was a miracle nonetheless. Because she was barren, and the Lord, an angel appeared to Zechariah and said, you guys are going to have a baby. And, and so it appeared to him in Matthew chapter 1, and we won't go there. But in Matthew chapter 1, appears, and, and that prophecy is talked about, um, where now Elizabeth, <clears throat> through a miraculous healing intervention from the Lord, is now pregnant with child. And I want to encourage you. I just want, this is what I felt part of what we need to understand. The reason why we need to gather as believers is when you are going through something, 
There is something that we can gain in being around other people who have been through it. And it may not all match up. But I can tell you, if you are struggling, believe in God for provision, come hang out with me. Because I'm telling you, I can tell you story after story after story about God's faithfulness to provide for you. I've seen it in my personal life. I've seen it as a child growing up. I've seen it, as, I've seen it in the church. I have seen so many miraculous interventions from God in providing for every need that we've ever had. And I think sometimes when we pull away and we're, we're believing God for something, but, but it's, you know, we, we still have our moments of trying to trust and keep our faith strong and all that stuff, but we have moments. Listen, part of the way we can be encouraged is get around other people. Get around other people. If you're, if you're praying and you want encouragement on something, get around people. And if you don't know people who have been through the exact thing, just get around people who God's, you, they, they've seen an answer to prayer or, or something where God intervened a situation for them. Because there's something about us as a body encouraging one another to say, listen, I'm here with you. You don't have to walk this alone. But she went and she got to, she was like, you know what? Like God, God gave Elizabeth this child. So he, he can, mine might be different. It's happening different. But you know what? Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. So I, and, and it also was one of those things where when Mary goes, even the baby inside of Elizabeth knew, something's up. Something's up. Because there's excitement that happens in the presence of God. And, and John felt it. Because it said the baby, it wasn't a contraction. It wasn't like just kicking. Like babies do in, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I've seen it in others. Okay, but it wasn't just some weird feeling she got. Because it says, the baby jumped for joy. So John's like, Jesus is here. That's kind of how I look at it. There was something in him. Because he was preparing the way for the Messiah, right? So there's something in there that was already happening. He was already excited. And I know that sounds weird, but I'm just telling you, it's what the Bible says. So when Mary experienced this, she goes to be around Elizabeth, who had already experienced a miracle, and it just encourages her to hold fast and not to give up, but to let people help. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of what? All of our comfort. And then look at verse 4. It says, He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. You know what that means to me? That God does things in us sometimes so we can help other people in that same area. So <clears throat> put this in the story of, of Elizabeth and Mary. Elizabeth experienced this miraculous thing of God, and, and Mary shows in, and Elizabeth's like, yeah, nothing's impossible with God. The angel's right. So whether it's whatever, whatever it is, in this situation, it has to be comfort. But whatever God does in you, sometimes he wants to do that through you and help other people that are going through things you've gone through. And when you see God's faithfulness in your life, share that with other people. Share that with other people because they need it. They need to know that, 
that God's faithful. Then look at verse 46. Mary responds, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of this lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. So he, she now is seeing that, you know what? Man, God is big. And now she's glorifying God. She's magnifying God. One translation says, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. What does it mean to magnify? It means to make it bigger, to see it bigger. Now, you're not magnifying the Lord in the sense of you're not making him bigger, but you're seeing him bigger because God's already as big. He's already big. But your understanding of, of him grows. So Mary was like, you know what? I'm starting to get this. Like, God, you have this plan for me, and you showed up and told me. You encouraged me to not be afraid. You helped me understand so I'm in, and then, I, and then I even went and was encouraged from my time with Elizabeth, because Elizabeth says, listen, there's something really good, Mary. You have favor. This child in you is blessed. My child just jumped up for joy when you walked in. So Mary, I mean, so Elizabeth is encouraging her in this journey that she's on. And now she's like, you know what? God, you're so amazing. And she's magnifying God. Because when in those circumstances, we need to see God. We need to keep our eyes on him. John 3, verse 30 says that he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. So when you think about how you view life and what do you think about the most through the day, is it you? Is it him? And what, when, when challenges come, do you look at what you can do or do you focus on what God can do? And do you make the decision to, to stand on what you're able to and lean on your own understanding or do you make the decision to stand and trust in the Lord with all of your heart? That's the decision you have before you. That God, I want to I trust you. I want to become less. Not less as in any less valuable because you're already valuable to God but less in the sense of less pressure on you to have it all together and realizing that you serve the one that has it all together. In my weakness, his strength is perfect. So you take that, that scale where you have stuff on both sides, and as this goes down, this goes up. As we're less, God is more. But as we elevate us, we're, we're, we're de-elevating God in our life. And that's where we have to decide, you know what, I'm not going to lower what God wants for me. I'm going to lower me so God is lifted up. And when we lift him up, everything changes. Not only in our life, not only with what other people see, but let me tell you why it changes. Because even when the enemy wants to come after you, he's going to see God and not you. Because if you fight against the forces of evil as you, you don't win. James 4, 7 says, submit to God. And then just resist the devil and he's got to flee. We have to lift, we have to magnify God. And that's, that's what Mary did. And then the last thing, just, just to encourage you. The Bible says that God is faithful. 
and that he'll come through. And this crazy thing that the angel told Mary about, this crazy, this crazy idea of her having a baby and not being married and it not coming from any, being with anybody, it came from the Holy Spirit. This crazy idea that she's favored and that all this is going to happen and she's going to give birth to the child of God, to Jesus. When you read it in the next chapter, in Luke chapter 2, I think it's around verse 6, she has a baby and it's Jesus. In other words, God's word comes true. God's faithful when he says something and you walk it out, you'll see, you'll see the promise. You'll see the promise. Look at Hebrews. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm because of this. God can be trusted to keep his promise. I'm telling you, this, this, this whole beginning thing that happened with Mary and all this stuff that seems so crazy, and so abnormal and so impossible in the natural. God says, that's what's going to happen. And Mary said, all right. And it happened. So can I tell you something? There is more things that God has for you than what you've experienced. And there are promises for you in the word. And promises for you that God has for you and has some of, for some of you, he's spoken it to you. And you know. That there's a promise down deep for you. And it's a matter of, are you going to give up? Are you going to lose hope? Or are you going to go without wavering and hold tightly to what he said, knowing that he can be trusted, that he'll always keep his promises? And not focus on how you think timing should be or whatever. But God will keep his promise. He will. I'm telling you, there's, God spoke to me several promises early on. One of them was regarding Zach. The stripes on my son's back is for your son, Zach. And you stand for complete healing in his body. And I'm doing it. And I am still hold tightly to it. He'll be 20 years old in April. And I ain't lost an ounce of hope. You know why? Because I can hold tightly to the fact that I know God. And the same God, as David said, the same God that rescued me from the barren line will rescue me from this. I'm telling you, I've seen God's faithfulness in every area of my life. And he'll be faithful here too. And I don't have to worry about timing and when and how. I just know, hey, we're holding firm to what we believe. And I'm not giving up. You think God can't do a miracle? Hello, Mary had a baby. That's a miracle. Without being with anyone. She gave birth to Jesus. God's a miracle work God. And whatever promise he's given you, whatever, whatever you're going through and you hold fast and you see these verses that speak to you and say, this is what I feel like God's saying to me, then you hold on to it. And if you don't see it the next day, don't get discouraged. If you don't see it the day after, don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. You just stay, just keep holding tight. God, you got it. You're faithful. And I'll be fine. This journey I'm on, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. And I promise you this, God does not lie. He does not lie. He cannot lie. 
If he says it and he speaks it to you, he'll come through every time. Don't give up. Galatians 6, 9 says, don't get weary in doing the right thing because in due time, you'll reap a harvest. You'll reap a harvest. Don't give up.